0: And greetings, uh, we'll be doing a teaching called Did Jesus Say That Hell and the Lake of Fire Was a Fairy Tale? Um, kind of based this title because back in 2018, which we'll get a little bit into in this teaching, um, gospel artist and pastor Tim Rogers has stated that hell was a fairy tale. Um, we're going to look at just several different aspects um, from what the Christian world slash church world has all kinds of views of hell, universalism, which everyone saved, um, that there's no hell, Um, certain prominent pastors um, that we know of have stated this case. And also too, what we want to look at is certain views that there's no literal hell. Also too, with the Catholic Church, um, their views on Pregatory, and we'll take a look at that. And then we'll look at what early Christians had their view and their perspective on hell and Pregatory. And then also too, um, there's a book that came out years and years ago. I read it as a young believer. I had to eventually end up trashing it because um, the Holy Spirit, it just troubled me. But it was Mary Baxter's book, The Divine Revelation of Hell, which over 30 nights, she received this revelation of hell. Um, She saw like preachers in hell and all these other things that she was seeing. And she wrote a book that's quite popular, became very famous um, with that writing and also, too, the main thing is we want to look at the view of hell from Jesus' perspective and also to the day that he lived in during that time um, period, which was the second um, temple Judaism, on how they viewed um, spiritual warfare, how they viewed the afterlife and hell and heaven, but primarily we'll be talking about hell. Um, some of the pseudopentographic writings um, express um, the difference between heaven and hell. So we just want to equip people and give people the knowledge to see the word of God from the proper perspective. All right, so let's go ahead and move on. First of all, what some prominent pastors have to say about hell, well, uh, late um, Billy Graham had this to say about hell. He says, the fire is symbolic when Jesus talks about hell fire. He does not believe it is a literal fire, but rather he believes the fire could possibly mean a burning thirst for God that is never quenched. So, We all held Billy Graham to a high esteem because he would go to these um, arenas and these stadiums and have these big, um, quote-unquote, evangelistic um, crusades. And people, we have to really be discerning um, who's in front of us and all. You know, some people will get offended when I'm saying this, but Billy Graham was very much into ecumenical movement um, with other religions and with the Catholic Church and so many other things and all and it's not a surprise that he would consider hell wasn't a literal place of fire. Now we have also two um, formal pastor Rob Bell, which he's kind of one of the main faces of the Emerging Church which they hold a lot of crazy um, different beliefs, um, pretty much in a nutshell. This is part of the apostate church, which will also play, I believe, a key role in ushering in the Antichrist. But in Rob Bell's book called Love Wins, Bell states that it's been clearly communicated to many that this belief in hell and, and eternal conscious torment is central truth of christian faith and to reject it is in essence to reject jesus this is misguided and toxic and ultimately subverts and contagious spread of jesus message of love peace forgiveness joy that our world desperately needs to hear in this book, Bell outlines a number of views of hell, including universal reconciliation. So not only Bell holds the belief that hell isn't literal, he is into universalism, which incorporates Buddhism, Hinduism, um, all the different religions gathering together and being Jesus is a universal savior, whether you come into faith through Christ or through a Judeo-Christian church. Um, You can be outside of that, you can be Muslim, you can be anything, you can be um, a witch, you can still be saved. Next, we have uh, Bishop Carlton Pearson, which came out with the book several years ago, The Gospel of Inclusion. Also too, a couple of years ago, Netflix did a movie in regards to how he came up with the gospel of inclusion and also that hell's not real. But Pearson said he firmly believes, as he told his congregation one recent Sunday, we may go through hell, but nobody goes to hell. But his current message does not focus on hell even the hell that humans sometimes create here on earth this was from an article um, with abcnews.com back in july 13th of 2007. Uh, we mentioned um, gospel artists and pastor tim rogers when uh, we introduced our subject but it's a very interesting quote from pastor tim rogers from when he was doing a funeral um, he was preaching a funeral back in June of 2018, and he states some very shocking things which went through social media, through Facebook and other things and all. People were talking about it up in arms, and then a lot of people were in agreement on what he stated, but he state this. He says, is he, the young man who passed, going to hell? So he's asking that question. He says, Did he accept Jesus as his? See, y'all have been sold a lie. You've been bamboozled, and all that stuff is a fairy tale. To believe in hell means you have to believe in Santa Claus. I don't care how you cut it. Hell is an imaginary place. And I was told that if anything that does not have the explanation must be imagination, um, Rogers declared So, Here's a person who has a following because he can sing and he can preach. He gets people um moved in such an emotional way and people are under the guise. Well, he sings under anointing. He preaches such an anointing message. They don't use um discernment. They don't test the spirit. So here's this man who has so much influence in the church world. Stating that um, if you believe in hell, you might as well believe in Santa Claus and saying that it's just really a, a imaginary place. To the contrary, which we'll get into that Jesus states otherwise that hell is a literal place. Let's look at Pregatory. Um, Pregatory is an intermediate state between heaven and hell. And you burn there until you're pure, and then you enter into heaven. Um, the Roman Catholic uh, position states, Purgatory is a place where people go after death to finish paying for their sins. This was affirmed at the Council of Trent in AD um, 1547. So here you have the Catholic Church um, made this affirm this this teaching or this belief of purgatory where people don't really go to hell. They're in an intermediate stage where they're not in heaven. They're not in hell. And um, they have to finish paying for their sins. Um, After they came up with this, that's one of the things that made the Catholic church a whole lot of money selling indulgence. Um, People who have loved ones that they felt like that didn't go to heaven Um, They would go and they would pay um, the the Catholic um, church, the hierarchy, the people in leadership, um, this money with indulgence um, to always pray, continuously pray every day, to pray their dead loved one out of purgatory, which is doctrines of devils. And it's not biblically sound. It's not based on the word of God is not based on truth, it's based on error. Now, when we look at pregatory, we have to look at what some of early Christian writers had um, an anti-view of Pregatory. The ancient early church taught that up on death one either went to be with the Lord or to Hades to await judgment. Christ paid for all the sins of each Christian. So there is no need for a purgatory, which is true. There's no need for purgatory. So right currently right now, when somebody, um, somebody that is righteous, that dies in the Lord, they go in to the presence of the Lord. Now, somebody that dies and they're unrighteous and they're not saved Um, Because even Jesus states that Nicodemus, he tells Nicodemus, a man must be born again. He must be born of the water and he must be born of the spirit, lest he cannot see the kingdom. He can't even see, you can't even see the kingdom of God if you're not born again. Also, when we look at, I believe, Mark 16, it says, he believeth not, is not baptized, shall be damned. So here we see essentially in order to see the kingdom, in order to be saved, you must be born again. You you must um, declare that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and um, you must be baptized in water and baptized in the spirit. So uh, when we look at Irenaeus against Heresies 2 and 29, he says another Gnostic heresy is at death. Some souls enter in an intermediate state to be purged of animal nature before going to the Periluma, um, which is heaven. Um, Justin Martyr in his um, Dialogue 5 stated at death, Christians go to heaven and non-Christians go to hell. Scriptures mentions no other place we look at the writings of origin um, against celsius um, 6 24 through 25 celsius says that the christians teach a purgatory for pure um, purification and among other gnostic things in all my years i have not heard of such a thing a place for purification after death heretics may have combined gnostic ideas with Gehenna in the Valley of Hymna. Let's proceed. Now, we can see past Pope John Paul II and current Pope Francis and their views of hell. Um, Pope John Paul II had this to state about hell. He says, heaven is not a physical uh, place nor uh, abstraction, but the fullness of the communion with God. Hell is the ultimate consequence of sin itself. He says hell is not a place, but rather the state of those who freely and definitively separate themselves from God. Hell is symbolic. People that aren't recognized say it is separation from God and no fire. And then you have those troublemakers that agree with Jesus and the rest of the testimony contained in the book. So we move on with Pope um, Francis, and which he did an interview, uh, March two thousand eighteen, where he's quoted in an interview. Um, he was interviewed by ninety-three-year-old uh, um atheist reporter Eugenio um, Scarfali for uh, who represented the La Republica, um, and he set this he set the social media world aflame and on fire after this interview things started to come out but um this italian reporter, interviewed um pope francis and when he asked about the fate of bad souls um pope francis francis responded that hell does not exist so uh the catholic church pr department of course tried to put this fire out and was like that's not what he meant that's what he actually meant um he was speaking what was on his heart, and, and um, Pope Francis, this man, has said some very diabolical things and other things and all that um, can be something taught and talked about at a later date. Uh, where he says, hell does not exist. You'll soon find out. To the contrary, what we see, um, what Carlton Pearson uh, may have to believe about hell, what Pope um, Francis may have his view about, um, hell doesn't exist and what, um, pastor Tim Rogers has to say that hell is an imaginary place is a fairy tale. The Bible continually warns of a place called hell. Um, there are over 162 references in the new Testament alone, which warns of hell and over 70 of these references were uttered by the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's start to dig in. Um, what did Jesus say about hell? Well, we see Matthew chapter five, verse 22. There is a fire in hell. Uh, when we look at Matthew five and 29, he says it is better that some part of your body to perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. We see this, he's not talking about Hell, just only being the grave. He's talking about annihilation. He's not talking about annihilation or separation from God. Why would Jesus say this? He's not talking about the grave. He's talking about being cast away in a place of torment. Uh, When we look at Matthew 10 and 28, Luke 12 and five, he said to fear God, who's able to destroy both body and soul in hell. And we can also look at um, Old Testament scriptural reference of Isaiah chapter 10, verses 16 through 18. In Matthew 11 and 23, he talks about heaven is above and hell is beneath. Uh, Matthew 16 and 18, which we've talked about in a previous podcast, um, the gates of hell should not prevail against the church where Jesus, um, Cosmic geog- Geograph, um, he is declaring um, up on the mount that he was at was actually the Mount Hermon, where these 200 Watcher Angels had came down, descended up, um, descended down up on Mount Hermon and began to. Um, teach mankind all kind of forbidden knowledge and begin to have sexual intercourse uh, with human women and producing children. Then we look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 8 through 9, There's fire in hell that lasts forever. Um, when we look at Matthew chapter 23, 15 through 33, he said that the Pharisees and their converts were children of hell and said to them, How can ye escape the damnation of hell? Um, we look at Mark chapter 9, verse 43 and 45. The fire is not quenched and the worm dies not in hell, which also is referred to in Isaiah chapter 66, verses 22 through 24. So this is just a taste and just a piece of what jesus had to say about hell he just wasn't talking about the gray talking about it being a place not a nice place to go to a place of torment a, a place of regret and which leads us into one of the famous stories that jesus told just wasn't a story because jesus is talking about it like in a first-hand account but it's talking about um lazarus and the rich man So we all know the story of Lazarus and the rich man, but I'll go ahead, um, for teaching purposes, incorporate the story into this lesson. So we can find that in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31, and we'll just kind of summarize, um, what the story is about. So here's Lazarus, which we know he was poor. He's a beggar. He says, could please, can you please spare some food and would you take even the scraps that fall from your table? So here's the response of the rich man. He's, no, go away. You know, just leave me alone. I don't want to be bothered with you. You're poor. You're kind of like nerve wracking, um, which he had more than enough that he could could have given unto uh, poor Lazarus. And the time that Jesus is is talking about, he's discussing this to the crowd. He says, In the time both Lazarus and the rich man died, so they die. Lazarus is carried by the angels into um, the bosom of Abraham or Paradise, and the rich man goes to hell. So the rich man sees Father Abraham and he sees Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham and he says, he says, Can I dip a finger and water and cool off my tongue for I am in agony and he's in and and he's in flame so he's being tormented and he's in flame so it's not a place of Jesus is not saying it's a place of um the imagination that it doesn't exist um he he still has senses he's burning um, he's thirsty all the sensations he can't fulfill because um he's died and his soul has gone to hell and here's what abraham has to say his child remember that during your life you received your good things and likewise Lazarus bad things but now he is being comforted here and you are in agony and besides all this between us and you there's a great um divide between that place at the time, paradise and um, the place of torment, hell. And he says, um, so those who wish to come over from here to you will not be able and none may cross over from there to us. So it's a great divide. Once you die, Hebrews chapter nine, verse 20 says, um, a man it, man is appointed once to die and then the judgment. So if you're following the commandments, you're living a godly, righteous life and may not be perfect, but you're pursuing the things of God. Um, you're trying to walk in holiness. And you're trying to upkeep um, the commandments and walk with the Lord. Then you're going to see the Lord in peace. If you're walking in rebellion and you reject the word of um, God and you don't fully take that on then you're gonna go to the place of torment so when we continue on with the story he says then I beg you father this is the rich man that you send him to my father's house for I have five brothers in order that he may warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment so here's this rich man he has five other brothers and he's like hey um abraham can you at least send lazarus or somebody um, back to warn my five brothers of this torment and abraham's response was this is jesus saying they have moses and the prophets let them hear them this is no father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And here he reiterates, he says, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. So it's driving home the point that there's definitely a place, a place where the righteous go, the paradise or, or heaven. And there is definitely from Jesus firsthand account him um, discussing this in the Gospels in Luke that where the unrighteous go. I, I look at this primarily. Hell is a holding place. Um, it's prison. It's a holding place. It's being on death row, waiting for the final sentence. The final sentence and your the spiritual death penalty is. That you're cast into the lake of fire, you're eternally separated from God, and you're still tormented. It's even worse than hell. Um, it's utter darkness. You're gonna be there by yourself, but that's more or less you're 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 rendered the final judgment, and at the white great white throne judgment, everybody will have everybody that's not saved is going to have to come and be judged for the Lord for the deeds that they done while they're here on earth. Um, for the righteous saints, we come before our reward is we come before the Lord at the beam of seat of judgment. Um just seeing some of the things that we did here, some of the ministry stuff that we've done, to some of the things that we've done, uh, we'll be judged for and rewarded for that unlike the unrighteous will not be rewarded and will be condemned and will be thrown into um, not just hell but hell will be dumped out every all the remnants everybody that is in hell uh, will be judged and thrown into the lake of fire the exception of the Antichrist and the false prophet and um, When Jesus comes at the battle of Armageddon, the Armageddon, um, they're defeated. They're quickly um, dispersed into the lake of fire and they wait for Satan and everybody else um, that's not right um, to join up and spend eternity uh, for their rebellion. This is what Jesus had to say in Matthew 25 and 41. Um, he talks about hell, and I know some people because um, we're we're going to move into um, learning about what Second Temple um, Judaism, some some of the beliefs what people had during the time, um, some of the um, Essenes, um, the community of Qumran, and some of the writings of um, the people in Jesus' day, in um, Second. Um, Um, temple Judaism um, what they really believed but Jesus states this in Matthew 25 and 41 he says then shall he say also unto them on the left hand depart from me you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels so Jesus in a nutshell stating that hell wasn't really Created for the main purpose of mankind to go to, but they continue to rebel. They continue to sin um, against God. They continue to just walk in their own ways. But it was prepared for the devil and his angels. So let's let's look and see exactly what some of the Second Temple um, literature and some of the things. That they talked about why the hebrew bible describes sheol or the grave or primarily the grave as a permanent place of the dead second temple period roughly from 500 bc through 70 a.d Sheol is considered to be the home of the wicked dead while paradise is the home of the righteous dead until the last judgment examples which we'll look at um some of this literature um, first enoch 22 um, and luke which we already went over luke um, chapter 16 verses 19 through 31 um, the book of enoch is not inspired but it's good it's good resources to kind of look at some of the things some of the aspects um even some of the writings uh, we want to say some of the writings of um, the apostles and other things and all, because we can see certain things influence the book of Jude, um, second temple type of thinking and literature, um, not even per se the book of Enoch, but um, how Jude talks about those watchers who are judged, how um, they went after strange flesh and other things that they mention. And uh, so we look at first Enoch and we're gonna look at verses 1st uh, verse Enoch chapter 10 verses 4 through 8 and it says again the Lord spoke to Raphael bind Ezel hand and foot and put him in the darkness and make an opening in the desert which is Dudo and put him there and lay up on him rough and pointed rocks and cover him with darkness that he may remain there forever and cover his face that he may not see light. It says, and the day of judgment, he will be cast into the fire and heal the earth, which the angels have defiled and announce the healing of the earth that I will heal it. And that, not all the sons of men will be destroyed through the mystery of all the things which the watchers have spoken and have taught their sons and the whole earth was defiled through the examples or the deeds of Azel to him ascribed all the sins so Azel also too when you look at that name um when we look at um book of leviticus and the day of atonement, you would have the two goats. Uh, one goat was sacrificed and the other goat, all the sins was laid up on that goat. And that goat was led to be led out to the wilderness and dwelled out in the wilderness. That goat was named Azale. But here we see that um, looking at Enoch, it talks about how these um these fallen watchers are confined to uh, to a place of torment. Eventually, for a short time in season, when we look over at the Book of Revelation, talks about how angel comes down and has the key to open up the abyss, which um, these um, beings will be released. These Fallen angels as watchers who've been confined since around the days of Noah, so will be released out from the abyss and another portion of demons who have been confined will be released for a time and season eventually the ultimate um demise will come in regards to the lake of fire. They'll be cast into the lake of fire and uh, retorment tormented day and night. So we go over to First Enoch, chapter 21, verses one through 10. It says, and I went around to the place and where not one thing took place. And I saw there's something terrible, no high heavens, no founded earth, but a voided place, awful and terrible. And there I saw seven stars of heaven tied together to it like a great mountain inflaming as if by fire and at the time i said on the account of what sin are these bound and why they have been cast here so i'm gonna stop and pause right there um here we're looking at this and it's talking about how they see seven stars of heaven how they're tied together and like a great mountain flaming as fire and um We look over in the book of Revelation. We talk about how a star falls and opens up the abyss. Um, Stars talks about angels. Um, Somebody um, on Facebook posted um, how this one guy was teaching on um, Wormwood is a a star. It's a meteorite that's going to hit the earth. It talks about a star. So um, in context, when we're looking at. Um, Second Temple Judaism, certain other things and all. We have to know um, certain terms, and certain perspective from that point of view. They're talking about stars. They're talking about more or less um, when falling to the earth. They're talking about fallen angels. Let's continue on um, verse five and six. And then answered Uriel, one of the holy angels who was with me, conducting me and said to me, Enoch, concerning what do you ask, concerning what do you inquire and ask, and art anxious? These are stars who have transgressed the command of God, the highest, and are bound here till 10,000 worlds, and the number of days of their sins will have been consummated. And from there I went in another place which was still more terrible than the formal, and I saw a terrible thing, and a great fire was there, and which burned and flickered and appeared in sections, and it was bounded by a complete abyss. Great columns of fire were allowed to fall into it, and its it extent and size I can s- not see, I was unable to see its origins." And at that time, I said how terrible this place is and painful to look at it. Conclude verse nine and 10. At the time answered Uriel, one of the holy angels who was with me, he answered and said to me, Enoch, why such fear and terror in you concerning this terrible place in the presence of this pain? And he said to me, This is the prison of the angels, and here they are held to eternity. So here we can get the perspective of what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 25, verse 41. how He says that hell was actually prepared for the devil and his angels. We look at 4th Ezra. Um, Chapter 7, verse 35 through 38, which recognizes um, torment of a place for the unrighteous. He says, and recompense shall follow and the reward shall be manifested. Righteous deeds shall awake and the unrighteous deeds shall not sleep. Then the pit of torment shall appear and the opposite shall be the place of rest and the furnace of hell shall be disclosed, and the opposite it the paradise of delight. Then the Most High will say to the nations that have been raised from the dead, Look now, understand whom you have denied and whom you have not served, whose commandments you have despised look on this side and that here are delight and rest and there are fire and torments. Thus, he will speak to them on the day of judgment. We look at the writings of Josephus in the um, Antiquities of the Jews, eighteen fourteen. He says, they also believe that souls have immortal rigor in them and that under the earth there will be rewards or punishments according as they have lived virtuously or viciously in this life, and the latter are to be detained in a everlasting prison, but that the former shall have the power to re- revive and live again. So here's Josephus. He's talking about that the unrighteous, will be detained and they'll be in an everlasting prison. But the righteous, he's referring to resurrection, all right? As we proceed in Josephus, the Wars of the Jews, 2 and 163, he says, and yet allow that the act, what is right, or contrary is principally in power of men, although fate does not, cooperate in every action they say that all souls are incorruptible but that the souls of good men are only are removed into other bodies but the souls of bad men are subject to eternal punishment so here we see in josephus antiquities and in josephus when he's writing the wars of the jews that their is something a reward for the righteous and for the unrighteous is eternal punishment? Now, Daniel, this is Daniel writing in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. He says, At the time shall Michael stand up and the great prince which standeth for the children of the people of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such never was since there was a nation even to the same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered and everyone that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So Here's Daniel. He's seen at the end of the age that some will be asleep, some will awake and have everlasting life, and some are going to have everlasting contempt. So it's showing you the difference that that there's no purgatory, there's no in between place, there's no intermediate uh, place, um, there's no like even living for God. It's either you live for the God, live for God, or you're gonna live. For the devil either and the lines are quickly being drawn because look over in the book of Revelation you're gonna have to make a choice Revelation 13 Um, you're gonna worship and serve the serve the beast then you're gonna take the mark of the beast if you really have the love of God in your heart and you're gonna be obedient you're not going to take it and there's gonna be consequences amongst people making um, their choices amen which leads us into revelation chapter 14 verse 9 through 11 these are individuals who who some who some not everybody are they're unbelievers but some were once believers who uh became apostate which um second thessalonians chapter two talks about um Folks that once walked with the Lord, um, believed in the Lord. You look at people like Carlton Pearson and all, um, which Carlton Pearson, people are reconnecting with him because he did his Azusa meetings. You see people like George Bloomer and other individuals who are connected with him and uh, parading around with him and fellowshipping with him and hosting meetings with him and something's a little bit wrong with that but this being said um verse 9 through 11 in revelation chapter 14 it says and the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand the same shall drink of the wine of wrath of god which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, in the presence of the lamb, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night, who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receive it, the mark of his name. Um, we see um, Pastor Tim Rogers stated that hell is a, is a fairy tale. Um, it's an imagination place. He equated if you believe in hell, then you believe in Santa Claus. You have Pope Francis that states that it's not a literal place. And, This states that, and then you have some people that under the belief, I believe even um, seven day Adventist belief, just um, annihilation. If you're unrighteous, your soul is just totally annihilated. Um, However, um, the apostle John, which Jesus has given him um, to write in Revelation states that the consequences of people taking the mark of the beast They'll be tormented in the lake of fire day and night. They will not have any rest at all. So it's just totally contrary to what people believe. Here's what Bishop Carlton Pearson, a quote um, from him back in May 10th of 2003, the Dallas Morning Times, which the article's title devil may go to heaven says beleaguered bishop is god not big enough to change the devil pearson said in an interview i can conceive of the devil bowing down repenting to god saying i competed with you but i was wrong i'm sorry and asked if the confession would be enough for god to forgive, and satan allowed him into heaven um, Pearson replied, "He's the devil. He came from heaven." But let's see what Carlton. What this is. This is based. We we did a uh, podcast. We did a teaching on this, um, which you can refer back to about Carlton Pearson saying that um, Satan go to heaven, um, but it's rooted in um, Gnostic beliefs and Gnostic writings that uh, Satan can go to heaven, which is contrary to the Word of God because when we go over to Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, um, it says, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So here we go back and we look at what Jesus stated in Matthew 25 and 41. How he said that this place of torment was actually created for the devil and his angels, his cohorts. We see the ultimate after um, the thousand year reign of the millennium and um, he's given, um, Satan's given a time and season and his rebellion. He raises up a group of people that would have known Jesus, talked to Jesus, see Jesus Physically and all, and they would make a conscientious, a bad choice to join in a final rebellion, which is just dealt with very quickly. And he's done away with and cast into the lake of fire. Unlike what Carlton Pearson says that he can go to heaven, the word of God says something that's much different. Finally, when we look at Revelation 21 and 8, it says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. So, Jesus did not teach that hell and the lake of fire is a fairy tale. It's a very real place. That's why we must make our calling and election sure at this time to examine ourselves to make sure that we're in right standings with Him and. Um, this isn't a popular topic that's taught in many churches. Um, we want to teach blessings and name it and claim it and just other things and on living your best life now. But as we stated in this lesson that there's a, I believe 162 references of hell in the New Testament and Jesus made at least 70 references of hell and in a lot of his teachings, he took time to really discuss it thoroughly that it was not a playground or the devil's playground or some place, an alternative to hell, where it's just a hot place where there's going to be partying and a bunch of other things. To the contrary, it's going to be a dark, hot place of torment. God bless this in time so far.